Hello, 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 friends. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. <laughs> Thanks for answering for me. Are you not good? No, I'm good. Yeah. I had a long day, but you know. We are coming home from taking my graduation pictures because, well, I was already graduating, but I did get into grad school. I found that on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, I was driving to Auburn to visit Cole for the last time. Like, we'll get to that later, that life update. I think we're going to do, like, a life update episode next week. Yeah. Like, a recap, like, check-in type of an episode. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, I was driving to go visit Cole for the last time, and I got the news. So that's my update, because I know I mentioned that I got an interview last yes. episode. So mm -hmm. I thought I'd come back and close out. But what have you been up to? Nothing. Um, work. Work was, like, super long today. It was a super Monday. <laughs> Like a Uber Monday, I was like messaging Austin and calling Austin and sending him audio mess. Austin is basically my BM bestie. Um, He's the he BM works, at my store. Yeah, he yeah. works at um, Garner's where I used to work. Um, he got the visual merchandising position there, and we've been communicating nonstop all day today because we were like missing a bunch of signage and we just didn't have things, and we were just like, "Do we set this? Do we not set this? Why don't we have this yet?" Because Target basically didn't send us any signage for, like, almost three weeks. Yeah. And so it was, like, a bunch of pallets of just signing for every part of the store that I had to organize. And then we had a manager bus meeting today, and that was about an hour and some change. And you sound so technical. You're like, bus meeting, signage, pallet. Like Yeah. My life. <laughs> literally my life. Yeah. Um, I think most people know what a pallet, like the wood pallet is. The wood pallets. And then it's just like stacked literally to my head yeah. about as tall as I am. Just like full of like signage for the entire store that I have to sort out every single Monday or Wednesday whenever they decide to to send it because Target does what they want. Um, but yeah, I had a very long day at work um, and then met with you and yeah. took your grad photo. So that was cute. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the update we have right now. I think, again, we'll get into a lot more next week, yeah. um, about like more specific stuff, but generally we're doing good. I hope you guys are too. Um, I have a lot I want to share with the pod, I think next week. And then also, what are you sharing? Just like, I don't know, like thought stuff. Cause I remember like I mentioned in like a month ago episode, I was like, I've been dealing with this weird insecurity. And, like, I never, mm. like, explained it. So I feel like next week will be a good time for me and Aaliyah to honestly just, like, Sit and catch talk up. And like, have, like, an episode dump. Yeah. Like we did, like, a couple months like ago. Like a brain dump episode, which I think is good. And I don't know. I think we'll get to that. But today we have another guest. Back to back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> this one is... Yeah. This one's going to be very different. Um, today we were recording with... Our new friend Maddie. Mm -hmm. Maddie Kelly. Maddie Kelly. She is an accomplished author of a poetry book called What I Gave You. She's abroad. Mm -hmm. She lives in, oh my God, I'm going to butcher it, Macau. Yes. Which is a small island near China. Mm -hmm. So while we record this at 8 p.m. tonight, it is 8 a.m. for Maddie. Yeah, so she's like a full 12 hours ahead of us. Behind us. Behind us. Yeah. I know, it gets confusing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, we connected with her over Instagram and she truly is an a like truly a talented author like, yeah and, very and impressive writer. woman yeah yeah um i she posts a lot of excerpts from her book um on her instagram so definitely go follow her we'll have her tagged yeah, all over say, we'll plug her instagram and probably the link to her book oh yeah um, i found the link to her book i'm purchasing her book 
um, because it's like a lot of cool stuff in there. Obviously, she'll talk about it a little later, but we'll plug her Insta and plug her um, book. has an Amazon link to it. It's like 14 bucks, Not a bad price for a paperback. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to It's $4 on talk Kindle. I wish I had a fucking yeah. Kindle. So if you have a Kindle, you can get it for really inexpensive on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like from the excerpts that I Should have I been able to read. Yeah, I think so. You, you so spoke about this more. before. Yeah, I have. Um, but yeah, like the excerpts that she does post are so beautiful and so touching. And, and we spoke to her briefly and she said that she bases a lot of what she writes off like life experience, mm-hmm. as most writers do. Every writer essentially does. So we definitely want to pick her brain about all of that. Mm-hmm. Um and really just talk to her as well. I think we're going to do a piece, like a small piece on long distance, because um, that's something all three of us have done. So if you're out there and you're wondering, is it for me? Can I do it? Or you're in it and you need some like reassurance some girl power. or support. Yeah. yeah, we got you. Um, so, yeah, I think this one is going to be a, a bit of like a let's just feel it out. Let's talk about let's talk about some real shit. Mm-hmm. And like a girl talk yeah but like a like a deeper like because our yeah. episode with amanda last week was very much like that funny it was like kind a, of a girl super talk, girl talk yeah um which i loved that episode so i think this one will probably get into a little bit more in in terms of like deeper emotions and internal conflict and struggle and growth and so i think this will be an episode for everyone um but yeah without further ado all the ladies and the guys. And the guys. We love like, the guys. We love the dudes, but you know, women experiences. Yeah, but we'll probably obviously we'll you'll probably the guys probably be able to relate to it as well. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, without further ado, enjoy Miss Maddie Kelly. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Again, one second later. So, Maddie, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Maddie. I am an author, a project manager, and a digital creator. I currently live abroad in Macau, which is really close to Hong Kong in China, if you guys don't know where that is. Um, it's like 45-minute ferry. It's this tiny little island, like, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it's super random. But <laughs> it's like the Las Vegas of China, so that's why I'm here. It's like I'm from Vegas, born and raised in America, and then... Now I'm just a, an American girly living abroad. <laughs> Wait, so if it's the Vegas of China, like what is like, what is that like? Like how can I like think about that? So basically China, because it's a communist country, doesn't allow gambling. So that's like illegal to do that. And then Macau is what they call a special administrative region saying like, okay, essentially in theory, yes, it is part of China. They follow all of their rules and regulations. But they technically govern themselves, so that law for gambling doesn't apply here. So this is essentially where, like, it's kosher for Chinese people to come and gamble. And it's the one location in China that actually allows that. Um, So that's why it's sort of the Vegas of China, because this is the only place you can gamble. That is that's really cool. That's, that's I didn't yeah I didn't know that. Um, so like, do you get a lot of like not tourists because they obviously like live there, but like kind of like influx of like people all the time. Yeah, um, totally. So the whole like the infrastructure and the economy is set up a hundred percent for tourism. Oh, okay. So like, what do you do like not in your free time? Because that's like a stupid question. But like, like <laughs> in your free time, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, I've never been into gambling because my parents are in that industry. So I grew up like in Vegas around that. And I know that the house always wins. So personally speaking, I have no interest in giving my money away for like free, basically. Yeah. I just don't understand the concept behind that. So there's a lot of other stuff to do. I mean, it's kind of normal. Like, you know, my friends and I will go have dinner, we'll go have drinks or like we'll go shopping or we'll walk around the city. 
um, just like kind of normal, regular stuff, just on a very much like smaller scale and a different culture. Okay. Interesting. Did you, so you obviously, we all know now that you're an author. Um, Did you publish while abroad? Yeah. So my publisher's really cool about that. They're not necessarily like restricted to being in America. So I published while I was here um, during the pandemic. Like that all happened at the same time. Was that like, so I know we've spoken about it briefly, um, but I think to anyone out here who's like an aspiring author of any kind, like, uh, can you talk just like very briefly about like, if someone wants to be published, like how can they do that That process? Yeah, it's really overwhelming for first time authors, I think, because the process seems so convoluted and complicated and like, you don't even know where to start. But the program that I do um, all of my publications through is called the Creator Institute And essentially what they do is they allow for authors to be put through a very manageable step-by-step like milestone process. So you work with a bunch of other authors, they create a community of people who are publishing at the same time. So you guys can talk to each other, you can, you know, share tips and tricks and things like that. You have workshops every week that either help you with the writing portion, like they'll tell you even how to help you structure your chapters, how to create a cohesive narrative if you're doing fiction or nonfiction. And then they also um, have the connection through my publisher, New Degree Press, which means that you have access to editors, cover designers, marketing reviewers, things like that. So you have all of the resources and tools to help you succeed and then get you to that publication process. But the difference between this and like a traditional publishing house like um, Penguin or like any of those big names is that this program allows you to own 100% of the rights to your book. So you give money to the publisher up front at the beginning of the process, and then you make it all back through either a pre-sale campaign, or you can do things a traditional route, just like don't and not do that, basically. Like, you'll just make your money back on your own. Um, but this means that you, I own 100% of the rights to my book. So if I wanted to jump to a big publishing house, I have the ability to do that. I don't have like a contract that says I can't do what I want with my book. Kind of like Taylor Swift style. Okay. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just put it in terms of everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like what T-Swift did with Apple Music is basically what we do with our publishing process. So, I, I mean, like there are tons of different ways. You can always self-publish through Amazon. That's an option. Mm-hmm. But you just don't have the clout behind a publisher. So, like, people don't really take you as seriously. They immediately look at your book and be like, mm, you self-published? Okay. You know, so it's like not necessarily what I would recommend. I think that this sort of like what it's called in the industry is the hybrid publishing method. Um, I I just feel like it's kind of the best of both worlds. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So I feel like in my experience, knowing writers used to write, you are either a writer to your core or you have to like learn to be one or you're not. So I think I'm wondering like how that looked like for you growing up. Like, has this just been a part of who you are? Like, and you've always just been writing? Yeah, totally. It's totally been that way for me. I wouldn't have said that a while ago, but when I look back on it, 100%, I think that's how it's been for me. I wrote my first book in 2014 trying to get a job for Disney. Like, that's literally why I did it. I was like, I need, I don't know anything about this industry. I don't have any internships, but I really want to work for Disney after college. So I was like, how am I going to get knowledgeable in an industry and also look really good on a resume when I have zero experience and zero knowledge? And like to write a book was kind of the most efficient way to do that. And 
when I was doing it, it was nonfiction. So it wasn't like super fun because a lot of it was research based. But the parts of the book that are not research based, which are actually like fiction, um, there was sort of like my fantasy about what the future of theme parks will look like. That part was the easiest for me to write. It was so fun. It was like I would sit down for two hours and like it would just pour out of me. And prior to that, like through all of college, I was always journaling. It was something that I started when I went to college as a way to like deal with the fact that I was having struggles socially, like integrating into with the other girls and like making friends and just generally like fitting in, uh, I think was tricky for me. So journaling was a key part of that process. Plus like I've always been the kind of person that can write a paper in like an hour for school. It really wasn't difficult for me at all. So I think that now that I look back on it and be like, oh, I, I guess I really have sort of been writing my whole life. And I was super stressed out after I published this book being like, oh shit, like, is this, that was that like a one-time deal? Is that like, am I done? Am I tapped out? Was that all of the creative power that I ever had? And I still find myself writing every day, either in like journaling or like I'll come up with a new poem or something like that. So I think that it's always and always will be like some part of my life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think like we've spoken a lot about like journaling on our podcast because I think for a lot of people it it is becoming, I think trendy is kind of a negative word, but it's a little bit more mainstream. But it's true. Yeah. 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 And I think like for me, it's interesting because I, I really don't find myself journaling. Um, I don't know about you. Are you much of a journaler? Um, only if I'm feeling away. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like I grew out of it in a way because I was yeah. the same way. Like I was always writing. Like I was eight years old writing about fairies or like whatever the fuck you end up writing yeah. about when you're that age. Um, <laughs> and then there was a point where I'd be like in my notes kind of like always jotting things down if mm-hmm. I had like inspiration or a thought or I needed to get something out. And I think lately, you know, it doesn't come as easily to me. Um, so I always think it is interesting to talk to people who are like avid, like, no, like I need this. Um, so yeah. I, and I do, I do think like when you're in college, that sometimes is so much of a, a quintessential age where you feel the feels all the time. Like yes. you always have something yeah. that you're feeling. Totally. So in college for you, like what did it look like when you sat down at night and like wrote out your thoughts? Like, were they really hard days or was it also like these really good days or was it all poetry based? Like, what did that look like? It was kind of like a mix. I think I was like always in my feelings. I had just started long distance with my boyfriend at the time. I was like, really, I knew that this school wasn't for me, but peer pressure and like all the adults in my life were like, oh, it's just first semester jitters, you know, like you'll get over it, whatever, (laughs) which is bullshit. I knew that that was not right for me. And I still let people convince me that it was cool. So like, I feel like I was always in my feelings and it wasn't like I had a set schedule like I do now. Like I journal every night before I meditate, before I go to bed um, as sort of like my own mental health process. But back then, it was just, like, I literally never left the house without it. I felt like I was so hipster. Like, I had my moleskin and my pen and my bag. And I went to the city, and I'd go to different coffee shops, and I would, like, sit, and I would look at trees, and I would write about trees. Or, like, I would write a poem about how much I hated philosophy class. And I don't know. I just thought, like, I was so cool back then. And so it was kind of both. Like, anytime I had a really shit day, of course I would write about it. Um, my grandpa passed away when I was in college also, and I didn't get to see him before he passed. It's like, that was a really hard time that I was writing through. Um, I think that there were also some good times that I write about. I'm trying to now learn how to 
make cool shit when I'm happy. That's not been like, it's a lot easier, I think, for creatives to make when they're sad or angry or upset. Like those emotions rise so much more clearly to the surface and they come out so much more easily. So I'm hoping that I can maybe direct myself into also like making awesome stuff when I'm in a good place. So that's something that like I'm trying to learn now because I don't think that that was as easy back then. I think that's like very relatable though. Like I think even for anyone that's maybe not even in a creative space, I think podcasting is in some way a creative space, but yeah, I think for us, some of our best episodes have been when we're talking about some sad shit. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, yeah. I think that that's really human nature. I think we're so often more focused on bad things and I, than good things. And it's easier sometimes yeah. to, to really meditate with bad things than it is to really meditate with good things. Yeah. So I think that's super relatable to, to anyone. Yeah. That's kind of sort of, so I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast, but I danced growing up and I danced in high school, danced a little bit in college, and then I worked at a studio. Um, and so it was kind of sort of the same thing, like whenever you're sitting and you're in your fields and it's over the summer, like me and my best friend, we would sit down and be like, what are we feeling for this season? Like, what are we, what do we want to give? Like, what do we want for this piece? What music do we want to feel for this piece? And most of the time it would just be like, whatever we're feeling in that moment and whatever we see like artistically like on a stage instead of like written down on paper but still like having an image of like what you want and how you're feeling and how you want to portray that um so that's definitely super relatable in a different sense but still relatable yeah i think it is no i think yeah i mean dance is such like a cool medium for me i really respect the ability to like pull out how you're feeling and then like move that through your body physically. I just think that's such like a different way of thinking about how we process as human beings that I just think is like, yeah, it is really cool. Like for anyone, like how you, you process, which I think is like the essence of like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like your book, because what I read of it, it's like this, like retelling of how am I processing, you know, and what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And that's very much like what I felt while reading it. Um, and I think what happens a lot of times is when we don't have a way to release, we end up feeling really pent up. So I and think everything is in totally. at yeah. that point because you can't get it out. I think Ernest yeah. Hemingway said one time, he was like, all writing is, is sitting down at a table or like sitting down at a paper and bleeding. And that yeah. was like such a powerful quote for me because I was like, that's what I do. You know, like you sit down and you yeah. just pour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for people who have like a dance or a writing it is easy but I I do think it's important like to read these things if you're not a writer or to watch dance if you're not a dancer or look at art if you're not a painter and understand it in a different like on a different medium a different platform Mm -hmm. like coming outside of yourself and kind of feeling maybe if you're an empath some people are not empaths but feeling like whatever that person is feeling because I feel like you're able to register it more it you're able to take it in a lot easier and actually like think about it um not internalize it too much um but also just like think it's like transference you're processing through the medium yes and I think that's so key um, which is why I'm so happy that we're doing this with you because I want other people to read your words um, because they really thank you to me of course so when do you think was the time that you were like okay this is the poetry book like this is getting included like this is getting included or I'm sitting down today and this is when it starts so the idea has always been forming I think I just never 
like registered it as a whole concept. I, um, I think when I moved to Macau, there was the inspiration coming to me in a very different way than it had previously. Like before I would have to sit down and really think about it. And then when I moved here, um, I would, I would literally like see like ideas forming in front of me. Like I would see the sentences, I would see characters, I would see like an idea forming in my head in such a more vivid way than I had before. So like, I literally didn't have a choice. Sometimes I'd have to sit down and I'd have to get it out on the page or else it would go away forever. And then I'd feel like insane regret. they'd be like, oh my God, you're so lazy. You should have just written it down. <laughs> so that was different. And I was sitting at my desk at work. It was like a slow day. And I was texting my boyfriend and I was like, um, just sharing with him like my latest work. And he was like, Maddie, this stuff is so good. I think you should publish it. And I was like, oop. I never considered that. <laughs> I was like, um, but I was bored. I literally was bored. Like the pandemic had just started. Work was slow and I don't like to be bored. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's do it. Let's just put it all together. And I've never been worried about sharing my personal experiences like with the world. I don't know why I'm maybe because like I have a really thick skin. I'm not super nervous about people being like, you're so bad. I mean, I think I would probably cry if somebody said that to me, but <laughs> I'm still okay with it because I think like the idea of being able to touch just one person is enough for me. So that was fine. But I didn't know what the book was going to be when I brought it up to my publisher. I was like, I got all this stuff. I don't know what it is, um, but I want to publish it. And also I took it as a learning experience. I wanted to, I had never gotten constructive criticism on this work because it was so personal. It was always stuff that like lived in my notes app. So I went about it with the perspective of saying like, okay, this is the first time I'm going to get real feedback from an actual editor. So I just want to get better at what I love to do and see where, how it goes from there. So when I first did it, I just like put everything into like this, um, it's like an app that we use or a platform that is collaborative. So I just put all of the works in there and I would like had an editor take a look at it and they loved it. So I was like, okay. But this is why a publishing house is so helpful because a book doesn't become a book until you go through the editing process, until somebody looks at it and they're like, okay, here's what I think you're trying to say. Here's where the areas where it's confusing or lacking. Here's what I think potentially you could add or like this section is awesome. So it wasn't until then that I realized it was kind of a journey of like self-discovery where it's really intense at the beginning. There's like a lot of self-loathing that lives in the front about me, like not understanding my purpose or who I am or what I'm trying to do. And then the middle is sort of like, I think is, you know, you get over that initial stuff. You're like, okay, I've, I've looked at myself enough. I feel good. That allows you to open up to be potentially ready to be in a partnership with somebody. You're with that person. It's so awesome and amazing. And then you guys break up and then you're like, oh shit. Like you'd have to go through the heartbreak again. And then once you heal from that and grow from that, after you've learned whatever you needed to learn from that experience, you're able to even like further self grow. So I always think about life as like a chart kind of like that always just continually grows up. Like you'll have moments where it goes back down and then it goes back up again, but you always are staying higher than where you started. So I think that's kind of how like the book ends a little bit is me personally, I was feeling like I was on the right track. Like I was finding my purpose. I felt like I was getting to know myself better. I feel like I was just making strides like, towards the rest of my future. I felt like I was on a finally like good spot to say, I know what I want after this. Yeah. Let's get into it. I want to talk about the first, I want to talk about this, like your book, okay. and, like what it looks like to someone who, you know, has never even opened maybe a poetry book before. 
and how it looks through your eyes. So you kind of just mentioned it as in like, it's like this chart of like highs and lows and kind of like elevating, but also plateauing at times. Um, so let's talk through the first section of your book. I want to know like, you know, what motivated you for that? Like what life experiences gave you that inspiration? I think a lot of that part came from when I was in college and even recently is where it came from. But the whole point of that is that it's called the departure. So you're like, you're leaving home for the first time. You're independent. You're by yourself. You are experiencing time alone in a new way where it's like, you really have to look in the mirror and be like, here's why I'm acting this way. And either I like it or I don't, or like, okay, there's one piece in here that's called battleground. That's like the constant fight between me, my brain and my heart. They were never connected. So like my brain wants me to do the logical things that make sense. My heart wants me to do the emotional things that don't make sense to my brain. And I'm in the middle trying to find like the common ground between the two in terms of like how I am as a person. So for me, like growing up, it was really, we weren't like an emotional family for a very long time. We didn't talk about our feelings. We were like, that was a sign of weakness. So we always just put that away. And like, because I was always so used to bottling things up, my heart would like explode and then all my friends would be like, whoa, Maddie, like, calm down. Are you okay? And I didn't like that about myself. I didn't like that that's how I lived my life. I didn't like how I would always just bottle things up until I exploded. And so that piece is, like, really about me working through that issue and, like, trying to deal with my own shit in a healthier way. And I feel like that's kind of a really – that probably, like, sums up the first chapter pretty well in terms of like how you just look at yourself and, and you start to recognize that you have these issues that you need to deal with. Yeah. That hits me as well. I feel, I feel like we all go through that, right? Like that, especially yeah. whenever you're on your own for the first time, specifically with college, because first of all, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second of all, you don't know what is about to happen, who you're about to meet. Um, in what ways your life is about to like ultimately change because I feel like college is definitely an experience. Um, I think it's an experience that people um, should experience because just like being out on your own is one thing, but yeah. being out on your own in a university with all of these fucking people who come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different religions, different head spaces, different mental states, like, and coming in contact with all of those people, it can take a toll on you, whether it's good or bad. I know I had good and bad experiences coming into contact with so many different people because I went to two different colleges. And so being at my first college for two years, that was different because it was like low-key community college, but I was just there for tennis, so I really didn't care what was happening. But then whenever I got to USC and it was just so much bigger, I won't say diverse because USC is not that diverse, but it was a lot yeah. bigger. It was a lot bigger um, and more space to find myself and find my people and find my purpose. And I think I did that. It took me a long time to find myself yeah. and to find the people that were right in my life um, that benefited me in a healthy way. Um, but I feel like a lot more people experience that than they would like to admit. Um, I feel like more people should admit that because you can yeah. connect with so many other people because everyone goes through the same shit. It might be a little bit different, but all in the same, it's like one of, it's like the same experience, um, different stop points. Yeah, I think that, like, I would love to normalize the college experience. Like, it doesn't have to be 
what it looks like in movies. It's it not doesn't always have to... a fucking party. It's definitely not. Yeah, exactly. It's like hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I went to three colleges. Um, and so like, I get that. I think a lot of people, like, I, I do think it's important that we're talking about this right now because being in college, there were times when like still, like I'm two weeks away from graduating and I'm like, holy shit, like this cannot be it. Like this, I feel the plateau. Like I feel the departure from myself, even moments. Like I'll be like, who the fuck was that? Like, I don't know, you know, or this version of myself, I really don't like. And you start to notice like, where am I when that happens? Who am I with yeah. when that happens? Like, how do I feel mm. when that happens? Heavy on the who am I with. <laughs> right. And, and I yeah, think... Yeah, honestly, that was a really, like, yes. key. Yeah. It, because it is so key. And when you are in college, whether you go to community college, whether you go to the University of South Carolina, wherever the fuck you go, you are around more people than you were around, most likely, in your high school or... Yeah. If you were homeschooled or with your family or, or whatever. Or your town, whatever. And, yeah. the, and some of them are, yeah. are not going to like you. Some of them are going to love you. Some of them are not going to agree with the things that you say, like whatever it might be. And that's a lot to take in. Um, and so I think the battle between the head and the heart is so Key. normal yeah. in that time. Mm-hmm. Because you know that logically it doesn't fucking matter what that girl in your class thinks about who you are. <laughs> logically, you know that you don't have to be out every Friday night with everyone else put that in quotes yeah. for those listening um to be cool like logically you know these things mm-hmm. but in your heart you're like but am but I, I lame I, if right. I'm not but I part yes. like I need to yeah am I yes. lame if I'm not in a sorority um, am I lame if I'm not like drunk as shit blacking out with like all the other bitches yes. on a Friday yeah. and Saturday and sometimes a Thursday if you don't have Friday class night <laughs> and then repeat and do the same fucking thing yeah. every single week I'm just like I'm tired or even like am I unlovable because I don't yeah. have a boyfriend yeah. you know am I oh, not yeah. attractive because no one wants to take me home from a bar like these are yes. real things yeah. that were I all... still feel that way yeah, yeah like it's normal and these are things that we're all <laughs> thinking all the time yeah, yeah. especially girls um, because I feel like making friends with girls, we had an episode on making friends, making friends with girls as you get older, I feel like becomes more and more difficult because sometimes girls can be so critical. Um, and I don't yeah. even know if it's really them being critical about you or them being critical about themselves. themselves. And I think it's more so them being critical about themselves. Um, I agree with that. self image is such like a deep rooted thing whenever you're in college yeah. Um, and you're around all these different girls, and you're just like, wow, I don't look like her, and she has this guy, or wow, I don't dress like her, and she has all these friends, or she's in this organization, or she's doing this on campus, or she has this job, she has this major, and she's, like, flourishing. Like, it's just, like, way too much shit. It's, like, way too much. (laughs) And so I feel like people normalize the college experience and not always just, like, we're going to William Bryce, and we're going to go to the football game and have a great time, and mm-hmm. go to the tailgate, and we'll party. Like, it's not yeah. that all the time, and people, I feel like, associate that with college, and if they're not having that experience, and they're just like, what am I doing? Yeah, and I mean, I went to an all-girls school, so I really didn't have, like, a traditional college experience, and my cousins went to USC, and so, like, I was seeing their experience, and I was seeing mine, and I was like, what the literal fuck am I doing here? I'm so confused. Like, this just doesn't seem I, – I knew – I think, like, it was hitting me from both sides, right? Because I knew it wasn't right in my gut. Like, I knew that this wasn't the right place for me. I was totally fooled when I got on to do the campus tour. I thought it was, like, going to be the best time ever. And then when I got there and started living there and, like, doing the classes and it sucked – I knew that, but, like, I let people convince me otherwise, which is a a key takeaway is, like, trust your instincts. 
And then I was also seeing it from the social media perspective of being like, oh my God, like this is not, mine doesn't look like this. And I don't, I don't know why. So it was only like reinforcing the fact that I already felt so far removed from this college experience. And my boyfriend went to school in San Francisco. So he was always having fun. And I was like, shit, you know, I was getting like bombarded with like the fact that I wasn't in the right spot. Oh, it's so real. And I, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know what to do. So it was yeah. crazy. So what is the chapter of your second chapter? What is the title of your second chapter? What's the chapter? Of I was like, chapter? what was wrong? <laughs> um, the second part is called turbulence. And this is all about relationships. And I think basically like, you know, when you're on the plane and you have like mad turbulence, and you think you're going to die. Yeah. That's kind of how a relationship is sometimes. Yeah. Like it's, you're up so high in the air and it's beautiful and it's magical and you look out at the sky and the sunset and it's like the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. And you're like, I could live in this moment forever. And then the plane starts to like go up and down and you're like, oh my God, like this is how I die. The plane's going to crash. I'm never going to like see another day. I'm going to call my family. Plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you have that crazy anxiety. And I think that that's like what happens when you're about to, like, you can feel the sense like you guys are going to break up or like things aren't working out and you have to deal with that. And then eventually, like when you hit that heartbreak, it's like, that's it for me. I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to like feel normal again. And the point that I wanted to make with that is that you'll land safely on the ground again. You know, like the plane will land, you will get to your destination and you'll get off and you're like, Whew, man, I was acting crazy back there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think yeah. even, you know, I'm in a relationship and I think that even relates to me. Because I'm thinking like, yeah, of course, there were times where like you get that turbulence and you're like, I can see how this could go very, very badly, right? Like you can feel that like stomach drop. It honestly, yeah. wait, I'm like having a mind fuck because that's so <laughs> true. Because when you hit the turbulence in an airplane, your stomach does the thing where it like tenses yeah. and you like and feel you it tense. and your fucking ass, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. your whole bo- lower half is like clenched and that's what you feel when you send a risky text and your whole body just like freezes me trying to shoot my shot and i'm just like no that's the same (laughs) never goes goes right and i'm just like all right time to sit my ass back down that is the same feeling (laughs) yeah so that makes a ton of sense to me so i think whether or not you break up or you have rough patches that is a very good way to think about it it's like one way or the other we will land on we we will reach solid ground and whether you are here or not (laughs) <laughs> not my issue, not my business. <laughs> However, me, Miss Girl, I'm going to make it because fuck you. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to make it out of this. <laughs> At least one of us is making it out of yeah. here. Yes. A lot as well. Yeah. yeah. I always say, like, we said one episode, I said a cruise ship. That was, like, my analogy. <gasps> where, like, people get oh, on yes. your boat and then they get off. And, like, sometimes they stay. Sometimes yes. they don't. And You and your analogies. I, so I, I love a good analogy. Yeah, I do too. Like, it helps me. Um, did you base this chapter off of, like, a breakup, if that's okay to ask? Yes. Okay. I'm going to be super real about it. My ex and I, this is 100%, like, that chapter is for him. And I feel like that. I don't know if he ever read it because, like, he blocked me and I have, like, zero access to his life any longer, which is just, like, wild behavior for different reasons. But that chapter is totally about him. Like, us, even those, like, beginning parts I think were about him like you see like how much I loved him in that in the very beginning like there's so much love and happiness there and then that like middle section where it's like 
this is our breakup, 100%. Like, his mom is going to read that. Like, I don't know if he would read that, but his friends would read that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but that is 100% him. And that's just kind of what it, that's kind of what you get into when you are dating somebody who's a creative. Like, that work is a it's going to be influenced by the people that are in our lives. And, like, that's just kind of what you sign up for a little bit. And then the end of the part two is about, like, me moving on. And making really horrible decisions based off of the fact that I was not ready to move on, basically. Like, I was just lashing out in ways that I didn't know. Because I didn't know how to deal with this. Like, he and I were together for almost seven years. Wow. So it was basically like a divorce. Literally. It was, yeah. Like, to separate from his family with whom I had spent so much time and grown so close. Like, all that whole part of my life I had to essentially, like, sever. And yeah. he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to, like, literally blocked me on all forms of, like, social media, my number, everything. So I didn't have any closure. way. Yeah. I mean, like, I thought that we ended things really healthily, but who knows, you know, what somebody else is going through. And you don't know someone ever. You think that you know someone. And you can talk about it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, if we ever break up, like, I have so much respect for you. Like, our time together has been so healthy and so great. And we had such a great relationship. It was healthy for the most part. Like, it wasn't toxic at all. And you just don't know how someone's going to react until they're actually going through something. For sure, yeah. So, like, I was really surprised by his reaction. And I think that that caused me to be so confused that – when I would say to myself, like, oh, yeah, I'm super over it. Like, I'm good to go. Like, yes, I'm a single queen. I haven't been single in seven years. Like, let's party. Like, let's do it. And that led to me making so many poor decisions that I was almost, like, back to the beginning where I was having to look at myself again and be like, do I need outside validation? Am I requiring somebody else to help me through this because I can't do it by myself? Like, do I even like myself right now? I don't know. So it was like that it was almost like a full circle situation for me. Like I was so happy. I was going through the breakup. I thought that that's that I was okay, but I really wasn't. And then I was having to like confront a lot of other issues that I didn't know that I had. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is also like really common's kind of a bad word, but just, but like everyone get like gets that to some mm-hmm. degree. And yeah. I, and I think seven years is one hell of a long time. Yeah, it is. You um, share a lot with the person in seven years. Fuck, you yeah, share a lot family. with the person in a year. Yeah. And yeah. just to imagine, I think the longest relationship that I've ever been on, been in, which was long distance was two and a half years. Um, and she was also an artist. She's an artist in Texas. Um, and definitely like being with her, and being, I won't say her muse, but whenever you're with someone who is a creative, you essentially become that. You become yeah. their content and you can't always be butthurt about their content um, and the things that they share because that's them and your their feelings are valid. Um, and whether yeah. you want to hear that or not, you're going to hear it um, and yeah. you're going to have to think about that. Um, but yeah, I totally It's also that. like, that's how you feel in that moment. You know what I mean? So like, a lot like my grandmas are very concerned about me after my book published they were like maddie oh my god we didn't realize you were depressed and i was like no 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 like that's just how i felt in one moment in time that doesn't necessarily reflect like how i feel today so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that you brought that up because i think that that's like an interest like a a distinction to make that's important it's Mm -hmm. like yes that is how i feel like the most that i feel in that one moment is what you're reading right i think that's also a really healthy way for us to 
like approach our lives outside of any sort of a medium. Like, I think it is really important for us to, and this goes into a whole other tangent that I've been saving for an episode about labels and how I think that we need to be very careful about saying things like I'm depressed. Um, yes. Because you are allowed to feel something in a moment and not feel it in the next moment. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really healthy way for us all to approach our lives is like when you wake up in a bad mood, that is your feeling in that moment. It doesn't mean yes. you have to feel that way for the rest of the day, you know, <laughs> and you and, or the rest right, of the week. <laughs> because every yeah, minute, every hour, every day, every month or every year is really just a small piece of a much bigger puzzle. And so it all yes. has equal weight at the end of the day because everything is made up of moments. So we can't allow little moments to make up years of our lives mm -hmm. if we don't totally. have to. I mean, obviously we go through shit and sometimes it's going to take yeah. more than a moment, but I think that's a really healthy way to communicate. And to process is like, okay, I feel this way right now, but I don't know how I'm gonna feel tomorrow, you know? And I'm not gonna yes. say this is how I have to feel tomorrow. So I'm wondering for you, because that's such a intense breakup, I'm sure like that person is family at that point. Like, yep. what did the moving on process look like for you? And this might go into your chapter three, but just kind of like, I know it's never linear, but how no. did that journey start and end and I'm sure it's, to a degree it's probably still happening it was such a mess I'm not gonna lie That's okay. I was like Maddie like uh she was unwell back then like she was not <laughs> thriving but it's funny because it is really non-linear exactly like you said I woke up the next morning after we had like officially called it quits we had taken a break and then like eventually we got to the point where I was like listen I just I don't know when I'm gonna see you again I can't do this anymore like that was the reason we broke up was because we are long distance. I'm stuck in a foreign country. I can't leave the country and re-enter. So like I'd have to quit my job and like move back. And I'm like, I don't really think that that's a fair sacrifice for me to like quit my life. And I didn't, I didn't want to ask that of him either because that's not fair. If I'm not willing to do it myself, I'm not going to ask you to do that. So we just had to be like, all right, that's it. So I cried my eyes out. I watched a really sad anime movie. I ate a McFlurry in bed. Like that is what I did that night. And so I got up the next morning and I remember thinking to myself that if I don't go to work today, if I don't get up, take a shower, feed my cat, go to work, somebody's gonna have to come and collect me <laughs> like months from now. Yeah. Like the people, my neighbors are gonna start smelling weird stuff. Like it's not gonna be good. <laughs> My mom is going to have to like break down the door. So that's honestly like I do. I know that this sounds lame, but like my cat is a huge reason that I'm okay today because if I'm not going to take care of myself, I still have to take care of him. And that was enough to get my ass out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it started for me was I was like, okay, I'm going to get up for him and make sure that he has enough food and water to survive. And then I was like, okay, if I can do that for him, I can do that for myself. So a couple weeks later, I started to be like, I'm single, I'm awesome, I feel so great, I feel sexy, like I'm ready to get back out there. And it's just like a lot of ups and downs like that. And at the time, I had like a really close guy friend that we'd been friends for like two years. And here comes New Year's Eve, and I am so wasted. And it's the first time like I'm really single. And... I made the mistake of sleeping with him, which was a really bad idea for several reasons. Like, A, we're friends. B, we worked together. 
three, I wasn't ready to be doing that. And he knew that. And yet, like, he let it happen. And he was okay with it. So obviously, like, I don't ever place blame on one person because it's always a two-way street. Like, I knew I wasn't ready. He knew I wasn't ready. But that started that. And that, like, was helpful in and of itself for, like, separate reasons. But because I had started something so quickly after I had just broken up with somebody, it didn't go well for me because he had a lot of expectations, you know, since we had been friends for so long, it almost had felt to him like we were in a relationship. And I was very honest and very clear with him and saying like, I don't want anything from you at all. Like I have zero expectations. I don't want to like go out on dates with you. I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Like we can be friends and we can fool around in the bedroom, but that line to me is very distinct because I needed it. And so that obviously blew up in my face. As you can tell, it started out like it was going to blow up in my face and it totally did. And that was like, then I had to deal with that on top of the fact that like, I wasn't dealing with my relationship, but I think that experience made me realize that in fact, I was not over it. And then it took me, I think like a full six months to a year to really deal with him not being a part of my life anymore. And then worse, by this point, he had started seeing somebody else. So when I started to be ready to deal with, like, us being broken up, he started dating somebody else. And I was like, oh, shit. Now I'm really, like, now I'm really fucked up in the head. Like, I am so unwell. That shit hits, like, like, super different. Like, so different. It was so hard. And it was, like, a girl who had been, like, while we're doing long distance was, like, you have needs, you know, like I can fill those for you. Boo. Like you should... tomato, it tomato. Was her, and I was like, no. <laughs> this it's is the always worst that one scenario. girl. This is a movie, and I need you to know that. This is <laughs> it was like literally the worst <laughs> experience. It just kept being like the universe was like slapping me across the face with all of these experiences, being yeah. like, pull yourself together, bitch. Wow. And so that's what I did. Is like I listened to Casey Westgrave Star Crossed on repeat. And, like, that is how I went through my breakup, and that's how I dealt with it. And, like, so many things in the universe have been telling me that I need to be by myself right now, and they are totally right. Like, I 100% placed a lot of my self-confidence and my self-worth in being in a relationship because when you're with somebody from 18 through college, Mm. that time in which you're supposed to learn how to be by yourself for me was like, technically, yes, I was alone because we were long distance, but I had him as a crutch and I used that at any time possible. I made it, I used it so I didn't have to make friends. I used it so I didn't have to look at myself because he loved me. So why would I have to like pay attention to myself? Um, I used it to say like, yes, I love being alone, but really in fact, I didn't like to be by myself, you know, just like having somebody in your back pocket always makes it really easy for these things to you don't have to deal with them you because you it. have somebody else. Yeah. It's out of sight, exactly. out of mind kind of thing. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really appreciate how honest you've been in this kind of like portion of the episode because I think a lot of times like in the journaling, matcha, yoga culture, yeah. <laughs> we all want to talk about how growth is beautiful. 
and how choose yourself and love yourself. And the reality of it is life is a fucking mess. And, nobody, and that shit is hard. Nobody has it yeah. 100% together mm-hmm. and nobody does it 100% correct. And I don't think we talk about that an iota enough. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. all just say how fucking great everything is. And the reality is it's not. It's not. It's and sometimes not. we fuck up. Like, yeah. And no, some- this is literally my whole thing is like, the reason I put out what I put out is because I, it's this exactly is I want people to know, like, and I, I share my experiences because it's not an A to B process. It's not like how everybody says I used to be this person and now I'm not. And how awesome is that? It's not a five second TikTok about you going to the gym and being all of a sudden like that girl, like that's just not what it is. And so the reason I want to show that to people is to be like the journey that I have been on to get to where I am today has been a hot mess and a half. Like I have made mistakes. I have been embarrassed beyond embarrassment because of some weird thing that I did because I was acting out and I was feeling some type of way. Like, and there are beautiful moments of progress that also exist within that. So there's a balance between like going through being honest, being vulnerable, but also experiencing like really amazing things. Like I've met some of my best friends here. I have, I can look back on where I was and like now and see that I'm a completely different person and my life is better because of that. So it's important to take stock of both sides, but it's what goes in the middle. I know this sounds so cliche and I hate saying this because I hate when people tell me this when I'm on the journey, but like life really is about the stuff that's in between A and B. Yeah. That's where like the good shit exists. That's where the fun stuff happens. That's where the like horrible stuff happens, but that's what life is. It's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's actually cliche at all. Especially, I don't okay. think anymore. I feel I, like people don't like to think about it that way. They're just like, oh, the stuff in the middle doesn't matter because now I'm here. Like, no, bitch. The stuff in the middle definitely matters because that is why you're here. So you should look yeah. at the stuff in the middle and, like, figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> think yeah. about that yeah. and let that sink in. Well, and then continue yeah. to be a better person well, or continue to grow, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think in the age of social media, we all care about the final product, the final Instagram mm. picture, the final TikTok the music and like that is what we look at in life is like this end result this perfect marriage the perfect job uh the perfect college degree the perfect gpa wherever we are the perfect kids wherever you are in life you're looking for that end result what does the facebook post look like and the reality of it is and most and like this this part's cliche too it's like social media isn't what you think yeah okay but neither is like that person's real life like totally nobody has done the perfect trajectory upwards. Like a lot of times we make a step and sometimes we fall back five more and then we do it again. And that is yeah. life. And so I feel like what I'm hearing about your book is like, it is all cyclical. Like it all keeps going. Yes. Like we never stop going back to that first stage of like, okay, who am I? What am I doing? What do I want? Who am I? What's my purpose? Like, that happens a lot of times. 100%. We keep going there always. And then we'll go through the turbulence and then we'll crash and then we get back up. So how, please tell me there's a resolution at the end of this book. Do we leave on a happy note? Yes, absolutely. Basically how it ends is like you come to this end of this chapter, this, this book, and it's how it was for my life. I was like, all right, I've gone through all this crazy stuff and I feel great. I feel like I've dealt with a lot of stuff. I have come to a sense of resolution and now I can see ahead of me and it looks awesome. And I am pumped. Like I can't wait to jump into my future. Like there are so many exciting things. There's like a poem in here about the fact that I'm so excited to publish this book. Like I'm so excited that I'm writing it and I hope that I write more. 
and I hope and like the last poem in the book is actually a letter that I wrote to myself um, that I had written really close to when I was about to have to like submit for copy editing and that means that you can't change anything anymore so I had just like snuck this one in and it was a really long poem it was actually just a letter it wasn't even a poem and I it was super personal and it was literally like summing up the entire journey that I had been on up to this point and the end just basically says that like there's ups and downs there's good and bad but I will always be here to guide and support you if you listen to what I have to say to you it's all going to work out because I got your back sis and it's from the universe and I submitted it to my publisher and I was like I is this too personal like have I really <laughs> gone overboard here with the details and she was like yes and so she just highlighted like the first three quarters and deleted it until the last paragraph and then that's just what it was was that like I got your back trust in me trust in yourself and then also like have fun smile more like enjoy your life because that's what you're meant to do because oh, at the end of the day, it. it's literally your life and you have to live for you. You can't live for your relationships. You can't live for other people. You can't live for your parents. You can't live for your siblings. You have to live for you. And, and this is another cliche thing because, you know, people are just like, at the end of the day, you're only left with you. But that's like real shit. Like you're only left with you and your thoughts. So it's yeah. how you feel about yourself at the end of the day. If you feel accomplished, if you feel fulfilled, if you feel good about who you are, where you're going, what you're doing. Um, and I don't think people think about it in that sense. They're just always worried about like, what do other people think? And I've gotten to the point, I'm too grown for that shit. I'm 27, yeah. I don't have time to sit here and worry about other people and what they think. It's about what I think and what I feel because I have to deal with me at the end of the day. No one else has to deal with yeah. me, so. Exactly. No, right. I feel the same way. Yeah, I I think too what's so great about that message is like, we all do live in a world where when we post on Instagram, we do it because other people see it. And we write because other people are gonna read it. And we yep. podcast, other people listen to it. And so I think at the end of the day, we do live in a community and it is important that we serve that community. I think my personal opinion yeah. is that we were put here to give back something. Like we were yes. given all of these things, these gifts, these talents, these flaws, these strengths, these life experiences. And the big, for me, the big question of life is, okay, so you were given all these things. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to give back? And so I yes. think there is a balance between living for you and you alone, because I, I agree, absolutely. But I also think there's this other piece of it, which is like, okay, but you also interact with people every day of your life. Mm -hmm. And you also will be in a profession or do whatever that serves someone else or so whatever need that they have. And I think what but I those two things that, like aren't separate, right? They're all, yeah. they're linked by you uniquely. Yes. So I think that like you have a unique strength and a unique set of gifts. Like everybody is so different, which is awesome. And that allows you to be uniquely good at a very specific thing, yeah. which in turn brings you joy because you're like, this is the thing that I rock at. And I love to do that by you living your unique self in your unique life giving and using your unique strengths to your benefit because like that's what makes you feel good that's what gives back to the community like that's what gives back to people like you all right let, let, let me just get like i'm gonna take off my Go. meta hat for a second and get really specific so for example this book right this is something i did for myself mm -hmm. I have not done a thing for myself. I have done everything in my life to get a job, to go to college, to do whatever. Like, 
uh, that's why I've done what, everything that I've done. This was the first time that I've ever done something because I just wanted to yeah. and because I love it. And think about like how it affected you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's definitely. how I gave back. Yeah. Because this is what I love and because I put my heart and my soul into it, it had the most impact on somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And this you can apply to anything. Like you can apply this to your job, to your like how you are as a family member, how you are in a relationship. Like that for me is the key takeaway at the end of the day. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that's such an interesting like thing to point out. The more that I learn and the more that I live, the more that I realize that by doing what makes me happy, I contribute on a greater scale. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more you listen to yourself and like be in tune with who you are. And I think we can even break this down even further to like individual relationships in your life. Like Mm. if you love your friend, you love being around your friend. So then when you're around your friend, you're really happy and you're Mm -hmm. kind and you're joking and then you're serving them as well because you are being a happy friend in that moment. So that is really the link is like, what are you doing for you that then that gift is now repurposed outward yes it's like one Without big like trying too hard yeah it's like one big recycling can of magic yes truly <laughs> we call my friends and i call it the positive feedback loop exactly perfect example or like perfect name to it i think that's exactly what it is yeah. like if you and know it, that, it keeps going yeah it exists in like every aspect of your life that positive feedback loop when you're your best self and you show up as your best self and you show up authentically as yourself like that contributes to whatever situation or scenario that you're in whether that's with yourself with other people with your job like with your parents with what like literally whatever scenario yeah that exists and i think when we know that when we really know that that's yes. when we show up more and more yes. and more because there's always more right like that's like the whole thing yeah. that's your book there's always more to what life has in store for us we've never reached the finish line mm-hmm. so i think when you know how you show up and i think when you know who you show up for and why that's when you can continue to find your space in that loop and like continue to live in your loop because when we don't know why we show up as our highest self or who we do it with or what we love it's like we find ourselves in it sometimes but then because we're not fully aware of what we're in we can like fall back out and go back and like do stupid shit that we don't really care about because we don't know what else to do yeah so i think it is and that was something that i had just learned recently was like the difference between hearing the words like I and, and believing them, right? So for me, like my most recent, like somewhat of, of an epiphany was that like, I don't have to be a control freak and I don't always have to live in the future. Like I can be present and I would hear the words. I would be like, you know, I am no longer this person, but getting to that point where I believed that and I started showing up as that in my daily life was so hard. I just didn't understand like where the disconnect lived in my brain as to why I could fully like get behind these like big existential thoughts. But I, for some, like I would lose it. Yeah. I would like get on it and I would be like, okay, okay, okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm vibing. I'm getting with it. And then all of a sudden I would be like, but I don't get it. And I am not here. Mm-hmm. And it took so like, it took so much and so little effort at the same time to just, exactly like you said like really know that like to understand it on a deep level and to start living that way yeah was like a very key like disconnect moment that I had in my brain where I had to like unwire and then rewire to make sure that everything got connected right yeah I think that's a beautiful way to end your book honestly because that's the truth like 
you know, there's no one that can ever give you all the tools. Like you have to know yourself enough to know like what you need to do for you. And yeah. then that serves others. So I think that's amazing and like so much about who we are as people. So, wow, I feel, I feel kind of motivated. Like for you, this is 8 a.m. Same. So like, I bet you're like, I'm about to go crush the day. Ali and I are about like, yeah. I'm gonna go crush I'm gonna the go pizza. Crap. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna go eat to the sandwich, go to bed and wake up early as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whatever your dreams are tonight are gonna be like riding this motivational high yeah, yeah i sure I'm hope like, so i'm like this is like the best way that i can start my day i yeah. feel awesome yeah i bet you do we're <laughs> <laughs> like straight out the wake up <laughs> yeah hopefully i carry this tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and like just listen to the audio again and be like exactly i'm gonna face him just and be like, like yes positive feedback loop just love you have a great day i'm gonna be like shut the <laughs> yeah. fuck up i'm not going to work like, <laughs> yeah well, thank you so much for this. Like, honest to God, this went so much better than, like, I think anyone would have expected. Yeah. Because, like, wow. Like, I feel sad, like, and happy and, like, encouraged. And, like, again, yeah. that's life, right? And you just popped, Yeah, you like, just explained it. Muscles. Yeah. That's it. It's messy. And it's all of it. And it's life. And it's and fun it's, sometimes. Yeah. So, this was so much fun. Really? I Did literally you had the yourself? best time. Really? Good. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I feel like, I feel like I kind of want to be friends. Yes, I was thinking should. that. <laughs> <laughs> Us being like, yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> I can't we be friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that. I went there. I was like, no, honest to God, I thought halfway through this episode, I was like, I'm going to follow Maddie on my personal account. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I graduated. Yeah. No, I literally, you were talking about like your breakup and I was like, she's a cool bitch. <laughs> And super relatable. So that's also like very helpful too. Like whenever yeah. we're like talking to people and like connecting with people, it's more it's more fulfilling whenever it's relatable. Um and conversation just kind of like And it's real flows. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sure. the key too. Yeah. It's real and like the people listening know that it's real. And like yeah, and it's not bullshit. Yeah. It's not glossed over. It's not that final product that we were talking about before. Like it's the in between. Yeah, it's the in between. Yeah. Oh my god. I basically gave you guys everything except like names. Yeah, and we love that because it's like, why not? Like, because that's part of it. If you're gonna help people, yeah, you gotta. Open I gotta it be honest bit. about it. Yeah. Like, I have no qualms about like being super real about it because even if they were to like message me and be like, "Why the fuck do you talk about me?" and I'd be like, "Bro." That's a question you need to be asking yourself. Like, why are you? Not yeah. With why are you the topic of conversation? It's my story. You're just not in yours. It. You were just in it. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like I. This is something that I experienced. I am gonna talk about it because I think it's important for people to hear. Yeah. If you're not okay with that, like you need to go home and like journal. Write it down. Journal. Write it down. I mean, that's my new like. You should go journal. You know, literally. <laughs> We're probably about to talk for like 10 more minutes, guys. So we'll just go ahead and end the episode okay. here. So thanks, um, Maddie, for being here. We're definitely about to chat some more once we hit stop record. Yeah. So um, you guys, sorry you can't be here for that. No, sorry. Just going <laughs> to do the outro now. Yeah. All right. Maddie, plug all your things. Okay. Um, definitely follow me on Instagram. It's super easy. All my handles are the same. It's just at hi, Maddie Kelly. So YouTube is Maddie Kelly. Instagram is Maddie Kelly. I don't have a TikTok, but Instagram's literally where all the magic happens. So follow me there. And then um, go check out my book on Amazon. You can get Kindle I bought your book. Back. What? She I bought it. I bought your book. 
<gasps> you did? Just yeah, now. I did. Like just now. That's I'm why so I was on my phone. <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope you like it. I uh, yeah, I'm supposed to get it Wednesday, so I'll definitely keep you posted. Okay, yay. All right, cool. I wish I could sign it. <laughs> we'll, like, mail it to you and then just mail yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it by Christmas. It'll yeah. be All right. Well, thank you again for being here. Um, we love you. They're gonna love you, and um, we're best friends. And that's how what I have to say about that. Basically, so. yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next Thursday. It's unscripted. It's unapologetic. It's unlicensed podcast. Bye.